face there is um, on this podcast. I mean, it's it's Daniel Kurtz. A uh, lot going on with him. A lot going on with the Jets. A lot going on in in the state of New York and and sports in general. But uh, just off the top, man, how how you been and and what's what's new? Good brother. Yeah, no, doing well. Appreciate uh, appreciate having me back. Been a while. <laughs> to be honest, uh, sports podcast for sure. You guys are uh, crushing it out there. So. Appreciate you holding hold down the fort. Definitely uh, excited to be back shopping around with my guy. Yeah, a lot has happened in the New York sports world that I had to uh, come and get my takes in and uh, basically campaign for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets to the Super Bowl. So happy to, happy to be back. Dude, and absolutely insane. I mean, over this like offseason that, that's began, you know, months and months ago, it, that's all you heard about was Rodgers to the Jets, Rodgers to the Jets. I ha- Me personally, I had my – my doubts a little bit that it would like somehow, some way the ball would drop and you guys would miss out. Like just something would happen where Rogers doesn't end up a jet, but in fact he does. Uh, I, I just think it's, 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 it's so funny. And I, and I'm not trying to besmirge your, your J E T S jets by any means. I don't want to, oh, yeah. I don't want to piss off Daniel as he just got back on the show, but <laughs> it's more so a shot at Rogers than it would be at, at Daniel. It's like, it's so funny to me how Roger says, I don't want to be anything like Favre. And now he's like in lockstep with Brett Favre. Like it's, do you find that interesting at all that towards the end yeah. of the year, he's, he's a jet? It's just like, what the hell? No, it's insane. In 15 years, maybe we'll get Jordan Love. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, shocking Aaron Riley has never really liked Aaron Rodgers as much. Famously on this podcast, too, the past couple of years, not. <laughs> A Rogers lover, but uh, I know you've talked about the situation and him coming to New York or New Jersey at length on the show. So I'm not going to go into a diatribe here, but uh, I think just come, like if you'll indulge me for a couple minutes, I think just coming out of this season, you're in the gauntlet of the AFC with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, um, all those guys. Tua when he's when he's healthy, you know the guy slinging it in uh, Herbert. In uh, in LA, so it's it you obviously can't go into next season with the amount of offensive weapons that we have: Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, tight ends, etc. The amount of defensive firepower we have: the cornerback group, Quentin Williams, the D line just drafted, the edge rusher in the first round. So uh, to avoid a locker room revolt, uh, I think Joe Douglas and and Robert Sala saw the writing on the wall. Um, interestingly enough, Matt Lafleur of the Packers. Uh, his best man at his wedding was Robert Sala. Those two obviously very close. Um, Rogers is going on this darkness retreat. He you know, knows where he's at, resurfaces. Uh, I think the Packers, frankly, I haven't paid attention to kind of their situation as much. I've just been focused on kind of Aaron coming to the to Jersey and the organization. But it seemed like they were kind of getting fed up with him, like to say the least, like the past three or four years of like, him continuing to string them along almost what like Favre did with retiring and retiring and obviously Rodgers didn't go that far but um just stringing them along and really you know getting paid so much money not being able to allocate other resources mandating you bring in a guy like Cobb back you know some of the offensive linemen run his style of plays like obviously the GM and the coach there didn't have much autonomy so um I think the Jets kind of sniffed that out just with their relationships with the Packers pretty early on in the process. Uh, I was all for, and I know Aaron and I have been uh, like 
adamantly haters of Derek Carr. <laughs> I was on the Derek Carr train. I will admit that. Hand up. Uh, right. I was. I think the first episode of this podcast, 2020, whenever it was, I said I hate Derek Carr. That was a quote of mine. <laughs> I would have loved to have him on the team. Bar none. We're loved to have him on the team. I think when that whole process went down, like a couple days before free agency started, a report came from ESPN saying Derek Carr was, hasn't made a decision yet, was interested in the Jets. That was obviously a planted report because the next morning, Derek Carr went to the Saints. I think Derek Carr really wanted to come to the Jets. They're like, no, fucking hold off. Like, you're our second option to take to the dance. We want Aaron Rodgers. Like, <laughs> do what you got to do. He signs with the Saints. Fine. At that point, full-blown panic mode from Dan Kurtz. Like, I hate this team. I'm not being a Jets fan anymore. We're going to run it back with Zach Wilson. Mike White's probably going to leave. Whatever. The next morning, uh, there's news that they fly out to California, meet with them. Paparazzi takes the photos. There's a Jets fan who lives in California, has the name Cali Jets on Twitter. He like goes to the private airport hangar. He's taking pictures. He's taking videos. Crazy scenario. And then I feel like that whole next week, like right before he went on Mac, before Rodgers went on the McAfee show, it was like, okay, Rodgers has to say whether he wants to play or doesn't want to play. And then he has to say he wants to play for the Jets or doesn't want to play for the Jets. I kind of thought that was like BS because like, if that was the case, the Jets just would have signed Carr. Like they had to have known at that point, there had to have been some behind the scenes, like agent GM conversation that went on like, Hey, I think there's a good shot of him coming here. He just wants to basically figure out his little things that you need to agree to uh, agree to a trade. At that point, we found out from the McAfee show that it was the Packers holding everything up in terms of the compensation, which, you know, finally got done obviously the week before the draft last week. So that was all figured out. But up until like before he went on the McAfee show, it was just, it was just basically like waking up, checking Twitter, seeing if there was an update, wasn't an update. And then kind of internally freaking out about the quarterback position, the future and the 2023 version of the jets, what that would look like because Mike white ended up signing with the dolphins. I think day two, day three of, Free agency at that point, there were no Rodgers news to speak of at all. So we were basically like running it back with Zach Wilson or like trying to swing a trade for Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, or, you know, signing someone like a Baker Mayfield. But um, so it's just like the, the piece that's fascinating to me. It's like, it's obviously great to have them in the building, but there had to have been some sort of conversation going on behind the scenes between the Jets and Rodgers or the Jets Packers or all three of them. I was like, hey, I want to play for the New York Jets, like Packers, Jets, my agent figure out a way to do it. And I think the Packers just got like pissed that, you know, Rogers embarrassed him on not national television, but like a national program in McAfee and um, called them out, which I thought was amazing. I, le- I literally watched that, that interview. I watched it like once a week because him just saying the words, my intention is to play and my intention is to play for the New York jets, like will forever be ingrained in my mind. So um, to say that I'm pumped up would be an understatement of the century and uh, just excited to talk football. Apologies for that long. Diatribe, need to get off my chest, but very excited to have Aaron Rodgers in the building, to say the least. Hey, I mean, just as excited as you are to have Rodgers, I'm excited to have you on the pod. So just <laughs> keep that keep that in, in mind. It's dude, it's crazy. That, that my first thought, like, no lie, was what does Daniel Kurtz think of this? Cause I <laughs> I'm thinking like, you know, I don't I don't know many Jets fans. I don't, you know, this, that, and the third, but Dude, I mean, this is like you go from 
I mean, I, I hate to say it because I, I do like the kid Zach Wilson. I can't really defend him, but I, yeah. I, I've always told you I like it. just he has that like fuck you attitude, which I, I can, I can dig that. Like he, he's just like I'm confident no matter. He, he shows confidence no matter what. I don't know what's going on between his ears, but, um, yeah, I mean, he takes he, like I said, I don't want to bash him too hard because I do like the kid, but it's a dumpster fire with him in there. He doesn't oh. know what he's doing. He's overwhelmed. It just looks like too much. I mean, now you get a surefire Hall of Famer. It's just crazy to, to me that, I mean, the Jets are on the, obviously are on the up and up. If this was Adam Gates with the Jets, there's no way in hell Rodgers is walking out of Green Bay to go there. Maybe he walks out of there and goes to, and, and somehow finesses San Fran to, to let him in the building or something. But they're on the up and up, man. Like, I think Joe Douglas is a huge piece in, in the fact that the Jets are a better football team. They're just organized better. They, they they draft, you know, worlds better than they have in, yeah. in my lifetime, really. Um, so dude, it's gotta be exciting. I mean, it's just it's gonna be almost like surreal seeing Rogers run out of the tunnel in a Jets uniform. It's just like I can't get my mind to go there yet because it's all I've ever seen is him with the with the green and yellow. But dude, crazy, crazy times for the Jets. I mean, the Giants are kind of on the up and up as well. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the Jets take center stage, obviously, this upcoming season with with the addition of of Rogers, like I'll, I'll, I'll preface this next question. It's, it's going to be like, you know, it's too early to tell this, that, and, and everything and injuries. And, and we talked about that off air, but what is the absolute, and I think you're an, an optimist way more than I ever am about my teams, but I, I need to hear it raw and all unfiltered from you. What's the ultimate ceiling for the, the 2023 New York Jets? Yeah. Ceiling. I, I think they can, they can make the, the AFC Championship game. I mean, I know, I know that like everyone's gonna say like, "Oh, the AFC is like so crazy," but um, it was crazy last year. Like the the NFL is such a year to year league. I think as we were standing last year, like people weren't as high on Trevor Lawrence. People weren't as high on Justin Herbert. The, everyone thought the Broncos were gonna be an insane team. No one thought the Jets were gonna do much. No one thought the Dolphins were gonna be as good. People thought the Patriots were gonna be a lot better than they were. So. Um, I think it just goes to show you, like it's such a it's such a finicky league. Like it's it, there's so much parity from year to year, week to week. Honestly, like you're only playing 17 games, so uh, every game is is that much more important. But I, I think they can. Everyone's talking about the big bad Bills. They're obviously the favorite to take the AFC East. If they if the Jets can get, they have to be obviously you know, if not in first place in division, like a game or two behind the Bills. I don't think they can be the last the seven seed. Um, they have to be probably the sixth seed at least to kind of make it there. Um, I, I will say like the Bills, you know, you know, different d- defense. Like Sean McDermott has to call the plays. Leslie Frazier, their defensive coordinator, taking a year off. Um, you know, didn't get much better. I don't think they got Dalton Kincaid in the draft. I think that'll be a, probably a pretty good like two tight end setup for them with Dawson Knox. But like Diggs is a year older. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, they're a year older. Uh, I, I you know Trey White uh, obviously coming back from. The knee injury last year, I don't think he was like he was good. I don't think he was like outstanding. Um, I don't think the other cornerbacks were like that amazing. Like the Jets beat them with Zach Wilson, and then should have beat them with Mike Flight, uh, Mike White, and Joe Flacco. Like a couple <laughs> weeks later, um, I know they beat up on a lot of bad teams last year, and and obviously didn't end up going to the championship game and whatnot. But I I just feel like the Jets is and no one no one is saying this, but the Jets like 
on paper with their current roster have to be viewed as the favorites in the AFC East. You have to take two against the Patriots. Like no offense or buts about that. I know people are talking about Mac Jones's revitalization with Bill O'Brien at the helm. I mean, Juju Smith Schuster is their best player. Like I don't see that. I'm, I don't really trust Gesicki and Hunter Henry to really do much. They lost Damian Harris. Like they drafted a punter and a kicker. So, you know, I don't know. Bill's Bill's lost his fastball. You know how I feel about Bill. Uh, Miami probably going to be a good September October team. Uh, I don't think they're going to really do much in the playoffs, but uh, or at least like kind of once we get to November December. So I mean the Jets have a tough schedule. Like we talked about it. Like NFC East, we play you guys, Cowboys, Giants. Those are all tough games. We play AFC West, Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, like Raiders. Like that's a tough. So also. We're going to be in like six or seven primetime games, a lot of Sunday night, probably a lot of Monday night, probably a couple Thursdays. So, like, it, I just – it obviously gives me some cause for concern. I pause a little bit and kind of the, like the complete realm of possibility because, like, there's going to be so much pressure on them. There's not as much depth on the team as I would have liked kind of coming out of last year. The trade, you know, with Rodgers, the picks we had to give up doesn't help. The lack of cap space we have doesn't help. Um, if we have a ton of injury luck, the sky is the ceiling for this team, honestly. Um, if we have as many injuries as we had last year, then, you know, hopefully they can grind out 10, you know, nine, 10 wins. But um, I mean, the door was wide open. Like if Zach Wilson was the 15th best quarterback in the NFL, they go to the playoffs and they probably win a playoff game last year. That's, that's basically how it, how it is. If the, if the offense had scored more than 20 points last year, they win 11 games. Like the stats are the stats. So um, everyone talking about the Jets, you know, oh, they're they're getting Randall Cobb, they're getting Alan Lazar, they're getting Billy Turner, like it's Packers East. Like, yes, it is, but like the players the Jets have ahead of the Packers, it's like three or four deep at these positions. Garrett Wilson's better, Corey Davis is better, Miko Hardman's better than Randall Cobb, obviously, like and better than Alan Lazar. Like Alan Lazar is probably a fourth wide receiver, Cobb's probably a six, Billy <laughs> Turner's not gonna start. Like it is what it is. Get Mercedes <laughs> Lewis, he won't start either. Yeah, Mercedes, dude. Yeah, he, uh, he's gonna wheel his wheelchair out there on the field, but yeah, uh, it's, it's it's ridiculous, dude. I uh, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised you didn't go complete. I expected Super Bowl birth. I, that's what I. <laughs> I, I if you're I, in the NFC, I would say Super Bowl. <laughs> taking down, we're taking down Georgia. Yeah. yeah right. Oh man, uh, no, I, I think you made some great points. I, I obviously I want to hear your. I was dying to hear your opinion on this because it's just the biggest news of the off season, like no one, no, not the Lamar deal, the Jalen hurts, Reese, all that takes a backseat. I mean, Aaron Rodgers going from the NFC to the AFC going from the Packers to the jets, much like Favre did. Uh, it's just crazy. Like, and, and you being a jets fan, you're, you were sitting there, you know, witnessing all this and, and, you know, feeling the emotions that you are. It, it's dude. I thought, so I listen to Michael K show a lot just because he's uh they're just great at what they do, and, and I always plug them. So if they ever ever take a listen to my show, hopefully they they appreciate that. But oh yeah, uh, yeah, man, there are a lot of people calling in saying you know take Carr, even try and find a, a way to get Lamar uh, up there at the time when when he wasn't signed with the Ravens, obviously, and and like go for the long term approach where you got four or five years. I don't mind the Jets doing this. I know already in my mind if Rodgers takes you guys, let's just say divisional round and you lose he's gonna he's gonna fuck you around he's gonna not he's i don't know if he's gonna go in a cave this time i don't know if he's gonna go out (laughs) if he's gonna go outer space and and try and make a decision that way but 
it'll be one of those off seasons where it's like, who knows what Rogers is doing? Like, I don't at all expect them throughout this entire season, even right after the season ends. Only way I could see Mays, if they do win the Super Bowl, I would be like, you know, and Rogers is like, I'm coming back, you know, but it'll be crazy, you know, long time till we get there. But a lot of people were calling for like Derek Carr to, to be the guy to step in there. And, and I, I didn't, I totally get it from your perspective. It's an upgrade over what you have. Yeah. But I'd rather them, I don't want to say go all in for, because I am scared he's going to be there one year. And if he doesn't do it, then it's, it sucks. But it's just like, would Derek Carr continuously get you to the divisional round and lose like that? I don't, yeah, be in that, I don't want to be in that position. So. It's, no, you're right. Um, it's tough though. It is tough. It's. Yeah. I just think with the car stuff, like the only reason I wanted cars because I never thought Aaron Rodgers was a real possibility. Like I was reading all the smoke and, and hearing all these whispers and whatnot. I think Rappaport might've, or like Diana Rossini, one of the ESPN NFL network, people might've had like a, a whisper and then the Trey Wingo stuff comes out and you're like, well, is this real? Like what's, what's happening? So like, I just, I wanted it to be settled by, by free agency because I wanted other free agents to either back and come with their car or back and come with Aaron Rodgers, And that ended up turning out not to be a big factor. Like, you know, we were in on Odell Beckham, didn't get him because of the cap space, like in on Clay's Campbell, we had Alan Lazard, you know, obviously before all that stuff came out, um, yeah, we couldn't do a whole lot of, of moves because of like the cap space and whatnot. And yeah, I just, I, I think it's, it's just, you're right. Like when you, when you trot out Derek Carr versus like a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, it looks completely different. And you have a different sense of confidence when you're trotting out an Aaron Rodgers. Like it doesn't feel real that we have Aaron Rodgers at this point. <laughs> like, it might not feel real to me until we have him week one. Like you said, it's, he's wearing the number eight, like, I hate the Jets uniforms. Like it's going to be weird seeing him not not in the not in the yellow. But um, like, it, I think he's here for two years. Like I, I don't think this is a one and done for him. I think um, maybe like some injury stuff and whatnot can get in the way. But he looks he's like Brady. Like he hasn't aged that much. Like he's getting thinner. Um, I think he can. He said on the McAfee show yesterday that he could spin the ball until he was sixty years old. It's just a matter of getting hit. So um, they have a ton of depth on the offensive line. They just got the nice center out of Wisconsin. It actually reminds me a little bit of uh, your guy, Cam Jurgens, who will probably start right away. So um, I don't know. It's really about, I mean, the offensive line injuries are key. Like Becton obviously hasn't played the past couple of years, but he's dropped 50 pounds and looks fantastic, but he hasn't played in a while. So who knows? Um, I think if they can keep him healthy, he has a good season statistically. Last season was an outlier. He hurt the thumb, obviously, in week five against that Giants game that everyone's been talking about. Uh, but if he has a good positive season, stays healthy, um, and they make some noise in the playoffs, I think he's definitely back. Like, no questions asked, back season two. But we'll see. Fair enough, man. I, I Dude, I'm so torn. Like, I want to pull for him, especially because I can I can feel the pain of, of, a, of a franchise that just doesn't have success. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an Orioles fan. Obviously, the Eagles have, have been pretty good in the last couple of decades, but – uh, even them, I mean, we have one Super Bowl to show for it. It, it. Like, I get it. So I, but man, Rogers is, he's a tough pill to swallow for me. And he always has been. And then it just gets a little bit more and more like, oh God, this guy is just, um, he's a nozzle man. Like as a person, yeah. he's hard to, he's, he, he can, like you said, he can probably spin that ball till he's 60 and he'll, he'll tell you, he can, 
he'd be 80 and he could say I'm still better than everybody else. But, oh, man, he I'm, – I'm torn, man. I want to pull for the team. I'd much rather see, like, if Mike White was at the helm and and he just found a way to get you guys over the top. I'd love to – I absolutely love to. Hey, I wouldn't have hated a cheap, a cheap Mike White over expensive Derek Carr. Wouldn't have hated that. Mike fucking White, you know. But it's – we'll see. Uh, it's going to be exciting, man. I mean, it's 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 opened the AFC East even more, uh, obviously. So that's yeah. the vision of football, dude. Right hopefully, on. hopefully, uh, we we get some great games. I mean, Miami ran Buffalo to the almost the wire in the playoffs without yeah. a quarterback. So, right. as much, dude, I I shit on Miami every time I had a chance to last season, but I don't like. There's something about that team that like you cannot let off the gas against them. You can't you can't take them for like you can't take them lightly. So they totally. they're, they're an X factor, and then obviously the Bills. We'll see what what we can get there. But uh, I did want to switch gears to another New York team a little bit. I, I'm not the expertise that you are, my friend, but yeah. I've definitely tried to keep up with uh, with hockey as much as I can. Man, I love. Love playoff hockey. Absolutely love it. It's just so fun to watch. Um, and last night was was no exception to, in that Dallas game. Um, but we do, I do want to touch on the Rangers. Oh, obviously, no. uh, obviously, I want to get your 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 take and your opinion. It's uh, just a brutal game seven, man. I, and I hate to see it, but what? Uh, how do you feel? You know, is it the coach? Do you blame the coach? Do you blame the players? Do you blame combination? What? What? Uh, let's just hear right off the rip there. I blame the coach. Um, it's it's tough. I'm still very pissed off about it. Um, <laughs> like you, you go out and make a trade for Vladimir Tarasenko, guy who's been it, been there, done that, won the cup in 2019. Trade for the best American player of all time, Patrick Kane. I I get like it's just the, the team like never really like as soon as they got Kane, like they played pretty well, but like nothing was crazy. The the power play kind of like went to shit a little bit. I just think they, the way that they were constructed made made a ton of sense on paper. Had a lot of experience. Had a lot of guys who've been there, done that. I just think when you look at them versus New Jersey, and I didn't want to play New Jersey in the first round because I think they needed to play a team that was probably like up to their like skill level. Like Jersey has skill, but like they have guys who will dump the puck in, grind it out, forecheck you, basically like white on rice the entire game. The Rangers are not that team. Rangers are you know, take your time kind of coming in the zone, make a couple moves. Maybe you'll pass a couple times, but the two, the third line and fourth line are, are lines that can kind of grind it out. But for the most part, um, they have skill finesse guys. I thought they just played like a team full of stars, not a team who was looking to play with each other. Um, games one, games two, uh, couldn't have gone better. Chris Carter had five goals, you know, after game three. So like the power play was, was clicking um, and, the next three games obviously were a disaster and then somehow grinded out game six. And then game seven was the worst hockey game I've ever watched in my entire life. Like they did not test the goalie whatsoever. Um, they made the Schmid guy look like he's basically the second colony of Martin Brodeur, which is a shame because I think he's a good goalie, but I don't think he's anything special. Um, if it wasn't for Igor Sesterkin, their goalie, the Rangers would have lost that game like 10, nothing. So um, I think it's, they picked, they picked a really bad week to have a bad week. Um, I don't think that's that's a a microcosm of it's. I don't think it's a microcosm of who they are as a team. Um, I just think they picked a really bad week, and with all the you know influx and talent they got, they just didn't really have the. Ke- and Jersey's been a team that's been on fire all year. 
Um, as we're recording this, they just dropped the game on five to one to the Canes, so that's kind of hilarious. But um, <laughs> I, I, the Rangers had more talent, had the better goaltender, had the better, better power play. Um, but the Devils just they played better as a team. Um, their speed definitely hurt us, like to say the least. Um, the core, I mean, the core of the, of the Rangers team like isn't going anywhere. They have a ton of guys signed for a number of years after this. Their goalie's locked up. Their top two lines are basically locked up at this point. Um, Kane's gone. Like he was just a rental, which is fine. He's getting older anyway. Um, if they could bring back Tarasenko, that'd be fantastic. He was money in the playoffs. I thought one of the bright spots, but, um, yeah, I mean, last year was like so unexpected to make that run to the conference finals. I think it just blew up the purport, the expectations out of the water this time around. But, um, I, I was in love with the coach last year. Um, I thought they won in spite of him and I think they definitely, didn't adjust after the devils readjusted after game two. And that was kind of the story of the series, but uh, definitely, definitely tough to see them go down this early for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, to say it was like a series of, of just totally different circumstances, you know, from, from game two on, it seemed like, it just seemed like the Rangers like power play died. Um, That last game, man, I I just couldn't believe. And I, and I know they're what, would you say that overall they're an older team? Like most of their players aren't like young bucks per se, or they have a, they have a good mix. I would say. Right? Yeah. They, yeah. They're, they're better players are older, but they definitely have some young, like their, their defense are pretty young. Their goal is young. Um, but yeah, like their first line was, you know, Kane was advantage. I'd cry. They're all over 30 years old. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good mix, but yeah, their, their stars are mostly on the older side. Yeah, I mean Fox, man, that guy just simply like I couldn't find him out there after a game like three and four. Really, I mean it's just yeah. it's disappointing, obviously. And just anytime you're up and then and then you you know find a way to to like let it slip. I mean the Bruins are a, a great a example of that. I mean they they had that series one. They had game I think it was game five one, and the goalie comes out of the net you know, dumps it, tries to dump it out. And then immediately they, you know, the Panthers rattle it in and then they end up going on to win, well, you know, the, the series after that. So it, it's playoff hockey is so fast and so intense. I love, I love it. Uh, but yeah, game seven shocked me, man. I mean, I watched pretty much the entire series. I mean, I missed, I think game five, uh, but I've seen bits and pieces or, or at least a period or two, at least of every game and, and the highlights and everything. And it just, for them to come out like that's what gets a coach fired, whether it's the player's fault or not. They came out flat game a uh, game seven there, and it just was it was ugly, obviously, and it, it sucks. But they just yeah. they looked overmatched, they looked overpowered. It's it just the the Devils are are up and up and coming. But you you kind of have to feel like after the last year with with the Rangers just knocking on the door of going to the finals, it's it's a kick in the balls, you know, it's like we, you, you expected to at least get to where you got to last year. I would assume totally, you know? especially with Kane. And uh, I forget it. You had mentioned. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, it's, I think mean, they need a new voice in the locker room. Um, you obviously can't get rid of a lot of players. Like they have the talent. That's, that's the, the most frustrating part. And I mean, it's the only saving grace I have is that Boston just had the greatest collapse in the NHL history. So, uh, which <laughs> is it. so funny. And the Panthers ended up winning last night too. So they're, they're a force to be reckoned with as well. But I mean, Boston 60, 
65, 66, whatever it was, wins, and then to lose in the first round is utterly embarrassing. And I hope their NBA team chokes now as well. But um <laughs> doesn't doesn't feel good. I I would say it's gonna be a long offseason. Um, you know, you get obviously all the way to conference finals last year and you think your team takes the next step to to your point, at least get to the same. Like I, I was convinced it was gonna be Rangers Bruins in the in the conference finals. So, um, I mean, look at it now. I, I mean, like Carolina just just took down the Devils in Game One. I, I think they have a good shot at it. Um, the Devils though, they're scrappy, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they came back and took that. But McDavid Oilers are dangerous. I think Vegas can definitely give them a run for their money. Um, Seattle's obviously shocking a lot of people, but. I wouldn't be surprised if if we see Vegas and and the Hurricanes in the in the final, but I think it'd be good too. Like two really good teams, um, not what you think of in terms of hockey markets, but I think that's good for the sport as well. Uh, a lot of parity in the league too, so definitely been an exciting playoffs. Obviously, you want your team to come out on top, but game sevens are always fun. It's always a coin toss. That's why you know you play them, but you know shit happens. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I uh, I'm with you on Vegas, man. I, I... I've watched a lot of Oilers this year. They don't really – their defense is Swiss cheese. I mean, with, <laughs> with Dreisaitl and uh, and McDavid out there, it's it's almost like a video game. It's so fun to watch. I love that crowd. That They just get so into it. That place goes nuts. Uh, I'm all for the Oilers going the whole way and, and ultimately even winning it. I would be, I'd be more than ecstatic about that. I don't necessarily have a dog in the race, but that's who I yeah. want. That's who I want to win. I mean, I love seeing Seattle. I mean, they just – they like you were talking about how the Devils grind it out and and just pound you on the boards. The Kraken piss every team off. I think to the fullest extent they hit people more than anybody. Like they just they're relentless. And they and the and the guys on ESPN were touching on that last night. And they almost blew that man. Like uh, you know, obviously they're up four two in that game yesterday. And you know Dallas comes back, ends up tying it uh, to make it four four. They go to OT and and obviously Seattle bangs one then, but. Dude, that was that was a hell of a game. I mean, uh, Joe Pavelski with the four goals, like he he comes comes back from a concussion and scores four. I mean, that's that's unworldly. But uh, that should be a, a fun series. I do want I do want the Kraken to win, but I'm gonna say it's it's I'm riding the hot hand of, of Florida to come out of the, of the uh, yeah of the East. Really, I mean, so, love that. Uh, Vegas, I do think Vegas edges the Oilers, unfortunately. I, I just don't. Obviously, the goalie change the Oilers made, they seem to be doing a lot better. Campbell is dog shit. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just – the Panthers, just the way they beat Boston, it's like I, I just don't see anybody putting up that much of a fight the rest of the way out. Yeah. Just with the momentum that they're rolling with. Like, it, it's – they are – they're plugged in. The Maple Leafs obviously went in their first series since like 05 or 06, something like that. So it's it's sick, man. Uh, and I never trust Carolina in the playoffs because they just they find a way to fall on their own. Face. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't mind seeing them have some success, some success here, but I don't I don't have any trust. But um, yeah, shifting gears a little bit. I mean, we'll uh, we'll continue to monitor that, and and you know, playoffs is is the best time of year for any sport for that matter. But hockey guy Aaron Riley, I love that dude. I've got it's fun. It's I, I get it now. I, I never really fully invested. I, I I can't say I'm fully invested now, but I'm the NBA to me I can't do it. So you know, hot <laughs> take. So I had to switch. <laughs> I had to convert and uh, I'm glad I did because I mean these guys are, are coming back after concussions and you got these NBA players 
um, getting breathed on, and it's a technical foul. So uh, more respect to him. Any, anybody that plays the game of hockey, especially at that level, is a madman in my opinion. I mean, you're you're putting oh, yeah. your body in front of a slap shot going 100 miles an hour. You got you're a little bit you're a little bit gone, but uh, yep. I respect it. So uh, yeah, switching gears to the. Uh, to the diamond, I should say. Um, you know, my my Orioles right now, as we speak, it's way too early to say, but we're uh, we're sitting somewhat pretty at twenty one and ten. I think it's it. the third best, uh, or the, I think it was tied for the second best April they've ever had. So, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly that. Um, do still kind of keep up with the Phillies, you know, call me fake, whatever, two teams, but God, they are terrible. Uh, with $250 million payroll, they are exactly how you were kind of touching on the Rangers as far as not playing as a team. They go out there and it just looks like they're each playing for themselves. I mean, you got Brandon Marsh throwing the ball back into the pitcher instead of the second baseman, and then it goes <laughs> behind the pitcher, uh, Taewon Walker. He don't know what he's doing. He has a six ERA. It's a disaster, but – uh, I did want to touch on your on your New York Yankees, man. Uh, not the start you wanted, but not great. Obviously, uh, a lot can change. What what uh what do you think happens as as they go forward? I mean, obviously they get Bader back. Um, yep. There's just so much we could we could touch on with that team, but but do you think? Uh, I don't think they're dead in the water by any means, but it's way too early to say that anyway. So what, what do you think? Is this is this a team that can compete with? I mean, even Houston isn't off to the best start. I mean, the, really, the Rays are are a class of their own right now. And, yeah, it's just been it's it's been a not ideal start. I mean, Rodon hasn't even played yet. Like he he got hurt in the spring, I think. And they got and they just the the guys they have replacing their pit like Severino, Rodon, Stanton, and Judge are arguably four of their most important five players. With Cole being the most important player, but. The fact that those guys that like barely have played the season hurts. Like Judge obviously played a little bit more and got hurt recently, and I don't think he's going to be out too too long, which is which is nice. Like the lineup is basically like Volpe, Lemayhu, Rizzo, uh, Torres, and then it's like a bunch of no name guys. So uh, it's it's tough, and like the the guys they have replacing like Rodon and Severino like aren't great. Like luckily Cole's been on fire. Herman's been pretty good. Yeah, this guy Brito, um, who's who's a rookie who's been up and down. Clark Schmidt should not be on an MLB roster is somehow <laughs> two spot replacing Rodon, so that's not great. He pitched tonight and they end up winning. But um yeah, I think point is like the the injury bug, like Stanton being out six weeks or whatever it is, is like so annoying. Uh he, he even said it too, like he was a bit ref- like more reflective than he's ever been, just saying that like the team relies on him and needs to get back in the lineup to contribute. Like it's just frustrating that this early on in the season you run into these because they had a great like start. They had a great first couple of weeks and then even without Rodon and, and Severino, like they're still they were still at, like they won their first like four or five series in a row. So they're playing great. Ran into a tough schedule, like play the Rangers, play the Indians a couple of times, like just playing some tough baseball teams, playing some good good ball at this point. Um, and then went through a bit of a lull, but uh, two in a row, which is great. Um, I think, yeah, once Rodon comes back, once Severino gets back and Judge and Stan get healthy, like I think they'll be fine. Obviously, long season. Um, Got to figure out the closer situation. Clay Holmes really hasn't been good since like last July at this point. Had a fantastic start to the last last season. Obviously, was an all star. 
Um, been pretty up and down. Um, let up a run for the Indians to go up three, two in the ninth. Luckily they tied it in the ninth, sent to extras tonight, but um, Michael King, sneaky, good, good reliever for them. I could see kind of taking over that role. He, he closed the game out the other night. Um, so yeah, just more of like a kind of a bumpy start. Like the AL East is so tough. Like the Yankees are two games above 500 and in fifth place, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just a testament. Like they're gonna, they're gonna have to, I mean, guaranteed, you know, probably three teams uh, come out of the AL East for the playoffs. So we're obviously going to have to surpass Boston, and it's going to be a dogfight between the Orioles, uh, Blue Jays, and Yankees for for those um, wild card spots for sure. Yeah, it, it's obviously Cashman is is getting a ton of heat right now just because, like, I get it. They uh, they spent they still spend obviously like one of the, their top five and spent. I think they're number three for this this coming into this year. But yeah, if you don't, if you don't have guys behind, you know, it like. Stanton's a, is a guarantee to be heard every year like that. You can put, it's just, he's like Anthony Davis. It's a matter of how many games is he going to miss? And, and that's, and that's big, obviously. I mean, I think the Donaldson trade was, was probably one of the worst I've ever seen. Oh, brutal. The Yankees made, it, it just didn't make sense. To, I mean, obviously Donaldson, you know, five, six, seven years ago, different player. Um, still, play, I mean, he has a great glove. It's kind of amazing to me that he can play the field as well as he, as he does at, at his age, but um, just doesn't have the bat. I mean, I think he, he hit under like 230 last year or something like that. It, it's just terrible he, season. He's not, he's not the same guy. I think Trevino got hurt now, if I'm not mistaken. I know Lewisic is out. Uh, it, it's just like, man, yeah. the, the injury bug has hit the Yankees quite hard, which is, it, it's just kind of insane. I mean, thankfully in your, in your guys' sake, the judge is only on the 10 day. That could have been absolutely devastating especially him signing that big contract. And then like, you know, what are the fans going to be saying that, you know, all that comes into play, but yeah, we'll see, man. You, you touched on it quite well. It's that division is, is there's, they don't take any prisoners in that division. It is as brutal of a division as there is. I mean, you, you, you go on a couple, you know, you lose four in a row and you're looking up at everybody else like that quick. So it's, We'll see. I I just want to for my for my team. I, I just want to see the postseason. I just want to sniff yeah. the postseason. Uh, I love what they're doing. I hate. I still hate the ownership, but I, I love what. Uh, <laughs> I love the young kids that are, that are involved. I mean, Adley Rutschman is already. He, he's gonna make the All Star team. I'm pretty Stop. sure. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. He's the best, probably the best attitude on of anybody on the team. I I don't know, but it sure seems like it. Um, the bullpen is finally getting, you know, some pieces that we can count on uh, on a consistent basis. So we'll see. Uh, I love, I love the season. I, I don't know. We didn't really touch on the rule changes. What do you, what do you think of, uh, of obviously the pitch clock, the bigger bases, like all those, those little changes they've tried to make. Love the pitch clock. Uh, that's always been my gripe with baseball. The games take way too long. Um, two and a half hours is perfect. It's basically like the same length as a hockey game. Um, I, I love it. Like you, you basically check your phone for a couple seconds and the half innings already over. <laughs> um, I think it's like, it's, it's actually been good for Garrett Cole. Like I feel like he hates waiting and hates the delays and whatnot. So it's interesting that sometimes like depending on your style of play, like for pitchers and for batters, sometimes it can be helpful. Sometimes it can be hurtful, but um, I think this should have happened like 15 years ago. Baseball would have been in a much better spot. 
Um, I was even like, we wa- I watched a decent amount of like spring training games too. And I was like, this is like crazy. Like, I can't believe they did this, but now it just feels like second nature. Um, games taken two hours, you know, two or two and a half hours is super nice. Um, hopefully helps like viewership, hopefully helps like getting younger people kind of like us, like back into the game, even younger than us too. But, um, yeah, I mean, even like the world baseball classic did not have the pitch clock and those games seem like infinitely longer, like crazy, crazy, like the, how long those games were taken. And even the players who played in those games versus when they came back to spring training said the same thing. So, um, I think it's a great thing for baseball. I, you know, they tested like the Atlantic league and whatnot and do all this research and before they end up rolling out these rules, but as, as, as shitty as like the uh, management of major league baseball has been the past few years, like this was a home run, in my opinion. A home run. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's cool. It, it, I, I get it. I, I don't hate on it. A lot of baseball purists and enthusiasts are, are, I think still kind of, you know, going against the grain with this and then, and, and they think this is ruining the game. I, I know for one, Max Scherzer has been a little bit too much of a, a hothead about this type of thing. I mean, come on, man. At some point, it's just like adapt or die. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, they're not going to change the rules back for you. And yeah. Usually, I, I don't really get that. Uh, but, yeah. He's too busy putting the uh, spider tag on the dugout. So he's got <laughs> bigger problems to worry about. I like that guy a lot, man. But he's like, it's – he really is, was throwing a bitch fit a couple times already this season. and. And I don't know. I, I have no faith in the Mets, so it's going to be funny once again. I think when they inevitably fall on their face because it'll happen. Hate yeah, they won't do anything, uh, dude. I hate to see it for Bucks. I love Buck Showalter, and and I think he's not. I, I won't even say that. I don't even think he's a great manager, but I just like the guy. Uh, but it's like he came back, and I still don't think he's going to get his his World Series ring. <laughs> so unfortunate for him, but. Uh, Steve Cohen's going to keep spending money until they inevitably win at some point, but it's not this season. I don't think. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, it's been a good baseball season so far. Like pirates are doing, doing a lot of good stuff out there, which is crazy to see like that team had no expectations. Like they're probably similar to the Orioles where like people hate their ownership, but um, like people are, are pretty keyed on like uh, the angels and how Tani does. Like, I think he might like, try to get a trade if they end up like sucking this year trout's obviously tied there for the next like decade plus but um which is like insane i I think like that team obviously should be so much better than they are but i haven't i haven't checked the standings in a little bit to see um how they were doing but the yankees had a couple games against them earlier on the season ended up doing pretty looks like they're in second place that's pretty good Um, obviously they're in the west but uh i mean i mean yeah the yankees would basically almost being first place in that division, which is nuts. Um, <laughs> so good the AL East is, but um, yeah, that's, that's like, I, that's something then like you mentioned the Astros not doing too hot. Just a couple of those storylines that have been pretty interesting to watch so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that pretty much, I mean, we, we touched on quite a bit tonight. It was more than awesome having you back, man. I mean, it's appreciate it, man. The New York sports market right now is the talk of the entire world, basically, I would say. Booming. Uh, and, we're, you know, we'll get closer and closer to the NFL as the time rolls on this year. We're already in May. It's 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 insane. But, um, yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. I, I usually don't host these things, so I'm a little rusty. But 
did well, my friend. <laughs> it's it's always fun. Uh, and and we'll see, you know, down the road what what happens here, and and really all all the sports, obviously the NHL playoffs and, and MLB and uh, the NFL to start later on this year. But just want to shout out just uh, the 1420 Sports Podcast uh jim plotner at fan in the van and and the guys over at level the playing field haven't been consistently uploading i'm trying to trying again once uh once again trying to get back to that but uh just trying my best here just balancing a lot so uh get to it as i can i'll try and i'll try and stick to a set schedule but uh do want to thank daniel and uh everybody else have a great night